You are now entering the Brightness. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. You are on the bright side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. And Faith and Begora. <laughs> to ya. Happy St. Patrick's Happy Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Slancha, I have to say. What does that mean? It means cheers, I think. Really? I think so. Oh. You know, I am ethnically Irish. Okay. Which means nothing to me other than I like boiled food. I love potatoes. Well, yeah. Cabbage, corned beef and cabbage and boiled potatoes. I like meals that are uniformly gray. Wait. That's what I got from my grandmother. Wait, you boil corned beef? That's what you... Yes. Corned beef and cabbage and potatoes is an entirely boiled meal. What? Yeah. I gotta... There's no nutritive value in anything that is Irish cuisine. I think I have to go and Why? make a boiled meal. Why? Cause... You do that all the time. Every meal you have is pasta. Every... Yeah. Every every culture has <laughs> boiled meals. All right. I, well, I'm half Irish, too. But today we are celebrating the Irish version, yeah. which is just boil it all to fuck. I want a shepherd's pie. Okay. It's mashed potatoes on food. Oh, I know. <laughs> There's no reason not to. Absolutely. That's basically like my dream meal. It is delicious. Except for pasta. Yeah. Aaron Gobra. Who? It's an Irish, like, motto, oh. Ringo Bra. That's what you say on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I, I like to say, I'm going to get you, you little leprechaun, and your gold. Oh. That's because I want to play a villain. Sure. Is this, like, part of your ongoing uh, mission to make your next-door neighbors, like, want to move? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, on St. Patrick's Day, you go, and I'm going to get you, you little leprechaun, and you say that, like, a couple times an hour. <laughs> I just Real start loud. screaming, ah, they're back. Yes. Back. I mean, I if I was your neighbor, I would want to be gone, for sure. In second grade, we made leprechaun traps. Mm -hmm. and Did you get any? I, well, I legit thought that we were going to catch real leprechauns, and I was so excited. Yeah. They put fucking paper leprechauns in there, and I was a smart kid. Well, okay. And, I mean, I had a big imagination, and I still believed in things that were obviously not real. Sure. But when the paper ones were put in there, I was like, don't insult me. Like, I would have rather well, than just Well, did you put... see them put paper leprechauns in the cages? Well, leprechauns aren't made of paper. Um, it's just part of their magic. You have no frame of reference to know that they were paper when they went in there. Okay. Perhaps they were trapped, and as a camouflage so... technique, part of their magic is they turn into paper things. Okay. Well, I threw them away. Mask. So That's just what they wanted you to do. <laughs> They're taking a risk. They think you could burn them. <laughs> that <would be> very <laughs> bad. <laughs> but they want you to throw them away because when you're not looking, they just go back I to corporeal so form. I was disappointed. I was like, I'm going to have new friends and they're going to do magic with me. Oh, and you had no friends. No, I had I friends. See. This was I your only shot at friends. <laughs> no. Oh, well, in that case, that is devastating. That's hard. Fine, let's move on. Happy really Thanksgiving. But it's fine because I folded myself a crane and we were best friends. <laughs> I just called it Thanks Patrick's Day, by the way. Thanks Patrick's Day? Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. This is another reason I don't like holidays. Let's just keep it going. 
It's all filled with lies. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Merry thanks, Patrick's Day. We're going to plant a tree in honor of Valentine's. Okay, so I love St. Patrick's Day personally. Okay. But not like, I actually forgot to put my green on today. Um, But I don't go to, I don't drink. And I don't go to parades or anything like that. So it's just, I guess I actually don't really care about St. Patrick's Day at all. I hate it. Except to the extent that St. Patrick's Day is the anniversary of my coming out to the first person. Oh, I remember that because that's... in college I was drunk enough to tell the first person on St. Patrick's Day. See, then that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what its significance is to me, really. See, I'm a, okay. I'm a, I'm a gay Irishman. Kiss me. I'm gay and Irish. Ditto. I need that shirt. I'm going to say it to my husband tonight, and then I'm going to grab his ass, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, yeah. I'm going to do it with consent. <laughs> well, sure, you just play in this episode. And then right when that part comes up, then you just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that that will consider that fair warning. <laughs> yeah. He, he knows. As you're listening to it. He actually, at this point, he gets uh, upset if I walk by him and he's bent over and I don't try to goose him. Because he, uh, yeah. he goes, what's wrong? Cause that's what is thing. it? Have I started a sag? What? <laughs> Why don't you want to anymore? No, it's no. not. It's not that he he's just worried that I'm upset about something because oh. my mind is preoccupied on something okay? other than his butt. You yeah, didn't slap my ass. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm really worried about you. <laughs> do you goose in the middle or on the cheek? I mean, what's a goosing? What do you mean? What's a goosing? Well, it's anywhere. It's a, the whole buttock region. I disagree. I <gasps> think that it's a pinching if it's on the cheek. I think a true goosing has to go right for the hole. Really? Mm-hmm. That might just be a personal opinion. I, think I don't know. That's at a me. poking to me. I mean, you can't pinch an anus. You no, you don't pinch in the the anus. No, and you can't really. I mean, usually if they're clothed in any way, you can't really access the actual anus. Well, but you just you know put you, fingers there. You poke hard enough. That's fucking assault. Okay, that's not a goosing or a pinching or anything. If you're going far enough to go through the clothes, all right, you're Edward Scissorhands, and you have no business being there. <laughs> oh, Edward, Edward Scissorhands. No love for him. Yeah, definitely, but he could not finger people. No. Well, All right, so yeah. um, how are you doing in general? <laughs> well, now I have PTSD about fingering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, though. We filmed a movie. We did. We finished a movie. We are post-production now on, on the uh, film Out of Body that we did together. Yeah. So that was amazing. And we just wrapped that a few days ago. Uh, and it was an incredible experience, and thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of it. Absolutely. I cannot wait for people to see it. I am sorry that you have such a job ahead of you. <laughs> so, so fun fact, and this, I have friends. I want to start this with I have friends, all right, since we've already all right, so we've got, come we, to questions. We've learned that fact, so we'll move on to other parts of the show. I have friends. <laughs> when I edit, though, you spend hours with people, days and hours with people, watching their face over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And by the end, you feel like a real personal connection that you know the other person doesn't feel at all. They have no idea about at all. Because you're stalkerishly watching them for hours. Yeah. And so it's like, and that happened during analysis paralysis as I was like going through Mm -hmm. and with all the scenes with all the people, I was like, oh, oh, yay. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. Mm -hmm. And then I, and then like I'd talk to them and be like, and then you did this cute thing and they're like looking at me like I'm crazy. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's the process you're about to jump back into again. I know. So fully my conscious. My therapist's going to get a lot of hours. Oh, exciting! Well, I mean, 
All I can say is good luck, because you're jumping into that, and that'll be a long process. Well, let's just say we're going to take our listeners on a journey. Oh, exactly. I'll be updating them as the edit goes. Yes, I guess I'm going to learn much more about this process than I learned about the last one, so yeah. that'll be fun. Well, good, and I'll pass that I'll pass that knowledge on to you, guys. <laughs> but anyway, um, on this St. Patrick's Day, shall we jump into the show today? Yeah. All right. In honor of St. Patrick's Day, I have an Irish-related bright spot. What? Yes, I, I don't know. I just I didn't did, see that coming. What you didn't? No, I You're actually dumb. Didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really I have friends. <laughs> you absolutely do. No, um, uh, no, but yes, uh, I- Ireland has recently the Irish Postal Service is launching a plan to let uh, people who are homeless, but like generally based around different post offices. Uh, to let those people use the post offices as permanent addresses. What? Yes, because it's a huge problem for homeless people that they don't have a permanent address where they can get any kind of correspondence for doctor's appointments, for job applications, yes. for um, medical this and that. For I mean, every reason you have a you know House. fucking uh, address, yeah. they need an address for as well. Exactly. And so the entire Irish postal system is like gearing up to create and provide uh, permanent addresses to homeless people. They won't be living there, obviously, but they can pick up their mail there, and they're, so they're getting the infrastructure together, and they're going to launch that program. That and they announced it this week, the week of awesome. St. Patrick's Day, and I think that that is a very, very, very good thing. Thank because, you, Because, you know, it's a huge need yeah. for people because that's like you already have enough to deal with when you are homeless. And uh, that's just one more thing. It, it could potentially help get people off the streets yes, if absolutely. they're able to finally get work and all that good stuff. Yes, exactly. Because who knows how much, how many government benefits they are missing mm-hmm. because they're being mailed to the wrong people or mailed to somewhere that they can't uh, access regularly or, or anything like that. So, you know, I think it's a huge need and Ireland is providing it. So well done, Ireland. Yay. And happy St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, Aaron Gobra. It, with consent, mm-hmm. uh, an appreciation of Ireland, everyone should kiss someone Irish. Oh, I thought you meant they had your consent to do that, which no. in that situation isn't very important. You need the consent of the person who's being kissed. Yeah, no, I'm just saying to celebrate that good sure. news from Ireland, it, everyone should find someone who's Irish and then with consent yes. give them a thank you kiss. Got it. Uh, this, of course, is coming out after St. Patrick's Day, but still, we can appreciate Irish people. I think Irish people like to be kissed. Mm-hmm. With consent. We can certainly appreciate Irish people much more than the GOP seems to, having <laughs> tweeted a fucking picture of Beto O'Rourke for his DWI back yeah. in the year, and, and, and then conflating at that with the fact that he's Irish. Yep. Holy fuck. It's like, it's like the Republicans got together and were like, how many people can we alienate today? That's, they that's found a lot. It's a whole nation. Every people. day, yeah. Yeah, I'm cutting that. But... Uh, <laughs> So, Ireland is our bright spot. Yay! Yay! No snakes here. Potatoes. <laughs> Boiled everything. I love... Uh, Greenness. Boil it all. A lilt. I Who love, doesn't love a wonderful ginger-haired Irish wonderfulness? Yeah. Mm. I love I love ravioli. That's not Irish at all. Well, but it's boiled. Oh. Okay, you're just on the boiled things. What? Well, yeah, I moved on. Uh, boiling things isn't something that the Irish gave the world. Let's... <laughs> Let's not put that out there. Happy Boiling Day. (laughs) Susan Boyle. Okay. Oh. They they did invent Boyle. Yeah, so uh, they gave us her. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, that's what I have, and that is all I will contribute to the show. So what are you going to do for me? What do you mean all you going to contribute? <laughs> that's all the research I did, anyway. Are we ready to jump in? I'm ready. I'm ready. So Both feet. I want to give a warning oh. to our listeners. Is it a trigger warning? No. Damn. Well, sure. Okay. Yeah, every episode has trigger warnings, so... <laughs> A blanket trigger warning for the show. Oh, yeah. First of all, but a warning. <laughs> Sad that we got like fifty episodes in before we did that. But okay. <laughs> warning: You yeah. may already have PTSD. <laughs> P.S. We've uh, infected your minds terribly. By oh, now. no! But today's episode was written uh, under sleep deprivation. Oh, should be real fun so and punchy. It's gonna then. be fun. Great. It's. A, I'm really excited about the topic. I know you were. Okay, great. But it's great. gonna be weird. Okay. So let's enjoy this. I promise I will. All right. Are you ready? I I, I want to live in that space where you're like a little too tired and get punchy. <laughs> That's. I love that. That's my favorite thing. Are you ready? I'm ready. Dungeons. Perfect. Dragons. Okay. Hail Satan. Oh. You always got to put a twist in there. That's right. Are we talking about Game of Thrones? No. We're going to talk about the infamous Satan panic surrounding Dungeons and Dragons. Really? Yep. Okay. That's... <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. Of course there was a, a Satan panic around Dungeons and Dragons. Good Lord. Are you ready? Yes. Let's go back to a simpler time. <laughs> a time before I was born. And yes... A time before you were born, too, Kevin. Oh, great. In those six years? Like, <laughs> sometime, sometime even farther back than six years before you were born. In 1974. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so, Gary Gygax, his name, his last name is spelled G-Y-G-A-X. Okay. Which is like, I've never up, heard that before. Obviously. And Dave Arneson mm -hmm. created and designed the first tabletop RPG role-playing game available to the masses called Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So other games have been created, but this was the first like commercial release of a game like right. this. Right. And to be very, very clear, they did not design Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's RPG <laughs> role-playing game. Okay. They created Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Well, hats off to them. Yeah. Um, the game would become a cult classic hit over time, mm -hmm. as we all know. So, we all know that. We know it. Some of us aren't huge nerds, okay? Mm, I have friends. <laughs> so let's learn the super basics of the game, shall Are we? Are they mages? I'm very excited about this. <laughs> what? Are they mages? Your friends? No. Are they seventh level dwarves? I wish. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. Come on, Tor. Let's go tear up some bitches with your hammer and my sword. <laughs> So you don't play Dungeons and Dragons then? No, but I really want to. I really want to be invited to play Dungeons and Dragons, but no one will invite me. Have you me. ever played? No. No, I haven't either. And that's so crazy to me because I'm actually in the same boat as you. It's really, really weird, but I'm so jealous I really, of people who know how to play Dungeons and I Dragons. I want to play this so badly. I do like, too. And nobody's inviting me either. Well, so then, let's make fun of them. Well, why don't we just play it? <laughs> We won't know what the fuck to do. We'll end up throwing the dice at each other. <laughs> I throw a fireball. Boom, clock. Ow. Why? It becomes a meteor and the whole world is destroyed. <laughs> so first, the dungeon master, sure. which is fun, Sexy. Uh, designs a world or a dungeon for the players to go through. Okay. Then the players all pick a character, their names, and their classes. Classes are such as being a wizard, a thief, a warrior, etc. Mm -hmm. They also get to pick their race, like elf, human, dwarf, oh. etc. When I first read that, mm -hmm. as I was very sleepy, sure. I was like, why would you care 
what your character's skin color is, and I mean, then it, I... It is important to didn't. people's identities. Oh, it was just a lot, and I was just tired, <laughs> and I was like, what? What the hell? So then I realized it was... Anyway, so as... <laughs> as I'm people, a mage of color. <laughs> <laughs> you better work. So as the players play, the dungeon master tells them what they see and what's around them. The players then tell the DM the dungeon master mm-hmm. what they do in re- in in recourse of like you yeah. know what's happening and then they discuss and they roll dice according to the action take, taken etc so this is the broad strokes how you play dungeons yeah so okay. now everyone knows it's great so now we can all play together well, this, yeah it makes me wonder why no one's inviting us i know so <laughs> cuz now we're experts in dungeons and dragons characters can die in the game obviously and sometimes can be brought back to life and other times oh, they're damaged. just dead well okay I respect that. and But the player can keep playing mm-hmm. if they want to create a new character. Okay. And sure. that's cool. Yeah, like, because people, people are that. born all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a game with lots of dice, pens and paper, and people who are nerdy, sure. like myself. Absolutely. You're just uh, nerdy in a different way. And basically, the people who are nerdy tend to love the idea of this game because it's like fun and social imaginative. and imaginative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and math, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Exactly. All right. So it's a twenty-sided die. We had—I love a twenty-sided die. Who doesn't? Oh, I love how it feels in my hand. So anyway, we head over to nineteen seventy-nine. Okay. A very good year for oh. the world, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Dig deeper. I think it's when you were born. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a good year. It was a simpler time that got much simpler when I was born. What do you mean it got much simpler? Okay. Just make the world simpler. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm so simple <laughs> that I actually dilute the entire world of uh, intelligence. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, a young man by the name of James Dallas Egbert III Ooh. vanished. Is that his character name? No, no, that's his real name. <laughs> He vanished from his dorm room at oh. Michigan State University. Oh, no. Now, college kids go missing all the time, right? Well, don't say it like that. Like all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. They're just like, bye. That's horrifying. Well, here's something you didn't know about James Dallas Egbert III. Literally everything. He was very special. Okay. He was only 16 years old, oh. and he was basically a whiz kid. Okay. Like oh, a so he was a wizard. Well, I don't know if he played oh, a wizard. Oh, a whiz kid. Sure. He was a whiz kid. He might have been a wizard, too. He might He might have been. Yeah. Or his parents might have just bribed the dean. Whatever. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Felicity. <laughs> Huffman. Uh, anyway. That, that story bothers me so much. Every time. Oh, God. Aunt Becky. Oh, God. Fuck you, Aunt Becky. Anyway. Uh, Becky with the good grades. <laughs> 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 All right. So... When his parents couldn't get a hold of him, mm-hmm. and it was clear that he could not be found. Mm-hmm. They called his landline and everything. They freaked. Uh-huh. They went like, where is my son? Sure. They would go I'm out. I'm not going to joke about this yet, because I don't know if he's dead. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is he dead? We will uh, no, get so there. I can joke. Okay, we will fine. Get there. fine. People die in life. Ouch. So they would go out and hire a private investigator yeah. named William Deer. Okay. P.I. Deer. Don't get stuck in the headlights, dear. You'll get to... Bill, dear. Yeah. (laughs) His objective was to locate and return their son to them. Sure. That was basically why they hired him. Yeah, I got that from the fact that he was missing and they hired him to find him. I want transparency. Okay. I wanted it to be clear. (laughs) All right. So when he was missing, which he was missing for about a month... Oh, he got found. The PI Mm -hmm. found out 
that James played Dungeons and Dragons. Hmm. He thought that maybe he had been role-playing with his friends mm-hmm. and gotten lost in the steam tunnels under the campus. What? Apparently there's these steam They would go tunnels. down into the sewers to play? I, I guess. He was like, they're role-playing, so they must have been playing make-believe in the tunnels. Did he, like, confirm that fucking theory with any of the other children that were playing? No. Oh, well, that's fucking stupid. The press, however, ate this up, okay. and it led to the press naming this episode of The Missing Boy as, quote, the Steam Tunnels Incidents. Okay. Well, let me tell. Let me know right now. Is this all complete bullshit? It sounds like it's a complete bullshit, but I don't want to joke about it unless it's complete bullshit. Mm. Damn you. Damn you, Jason D. Gaffney. <laughs> I'm so hamstrung. It was obvious to the press that D&D led to James getting lost because games are obviously dangerous. Well... Role-playing games are. Yes. Yes. I mean, I like role-playing. You're playing. assigned a role by birth. That's and the only role you should play. Yeah, I like to play lots of roles. Thank I know. you. That's right. About a month later, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, William Deere would find their son hiding out in a friend's basement. What? Basically. In an actual dungeon. Cool. Yeah. Basically, the day he went missing, he went under the university into the tunnels, right? Oh, he really did. The university had, like, utility tunnels under the campus. That's kind of cool, by the way. Yeah. However, he tried to kill himself. Oh, no. But he did not succeed. Well, good. And when he did not succeed, he went to said friend's house and hid there in the basement. A little less than a year later, however, he would end up succeeding and taking his life. Oh. Um, He shot himself. Holy crap. I know. It escalated, but we only have so much time. Holy shit, man. (laughs) So... Now who's glad he didn't joke too much about this guy? Me. So basically, at this, this point, all the people who knew about James Dallas Egbert III mm-hmm. were like, what could have caused him to try to kill himself? Why did he do this? Sure. It's not, you know, depression or any of the numbers of reasons that people have always tried to commit suicide, but mm-hmm. it's probably the role-playing game. Yep. A lot of people thought mm-hmm. that D&D was the culprit. Definitely Satan. It led to both a book and a movie by the name of Mazes and Monsters no. being made in the next few years. No. And the movie claimed that a person role-playing could lose their minds and go crazy and do things that they wouldn't have done otherwise. Wow. And guess who would star in this made-for-TV movie version in 1982? Rob Lowe. No. Charlie Sheen. Nope. Um, a Care Bear. I don't know. Tom Hanks. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah. So it was a narrative. It was a feature film. Yeah. Wow. Starring America's dad. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going crazy because I'm role-playing. <laughs> Come back, dad. But that's what you're supposed you. to do because you're an actor. <laughs> yeah. I love that I love that no one saw the irony of, like, you're like, roles. It's the roles that are doing it. It's playing a part that's not yourself that's doing it. Let's make a movie where we cast people who play parts that aren't themselves. To warn people about playing roles yeah, that aren't themselves. That's probably not dangerous for them. <laughs> <laughs> so, in uh, Morons. later in 1984, private investigator William Deere would later pen the book The Dungeon Master, mm-hmm. where he basically walked back his claims that D&D caused this hmm. and claimed that it was really James's overbearing mother who had caused this tragedy. Oh, Jesus. James was incredibly stressed and chronically depressed, yeah. and he began turning to drugs to escape reality. His suicide basically had nothing to do with the game, and apparently his mother was very commanding and demanding and Mm -hmm. had put so much pressure on him that he snapped. Okay. But the damage was already done, and many... And and actually, he didn't try that hard 
to distance his, like to walk back his claims. He called the fucking thing the Dungeon Master. Yeah, he's not. He's making. He's trying to make money on a book too. Like, right? He's not. He's not my sense of a hero in this situation so far. Is all I'm saying. So basically, to this day, many people still believe that it was D and D that caused James to kill himself. Sure. Like to this day. Right. Like I saw stuff. Anyway, it is for the record Sunday. It is Sunday. Yes, <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. So after this tragedy, D and D was very much now on the map. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone knows what D and D is. Yeah. Because it was this huge story. <laughs> And people either wanted to see what the noise was all about, and uh-huh. they were interested in it, or they were instantly condemning it without knowing what it was about. Yeah. They're just like, it's the devil! Right. Many Christian groups were coming out against the game, claiming that it was a gateway drug to the devil and hell and the such. <laughs> we will talk more about that later. I would love to talk more about that, because, I don't know, I love it when the Christians get involved. Yeah. I always do. We're going to take a brief detour, though. Cool. Sales were going through the roof, and more and more people were playing it, right? Sure. And in 1982, Irving Lee Poling II, a high schooler from Virginia, would take his own life as well. Is this not just Junior? It, I, I copy and pasted the name to get it right. It says the second. Okay. It's weird. All right. Maybe he had a baby and then he became the second. I think we're finding that Roman numerals are killing these boys. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, laughing about... Anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> So after this tragedy, it was revealed that he, that he was basically not really in the in crowd at school. Mm. And the Washington Post... The, the playing Dungeons and Dragons didn't reveal that already? <laughs> Stop. I'm sorry. Basically, the Washington Post It's wrote, all out of jealousy. Yeah, I know. The Washington Post basically wrote, quote, that he had trouble fitting in. Mm-hmm. But his mother, Patricia Pulling... That was an excellent quote, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I worked hard to find that quote. <laughs> Patricia Pulling basically did not accept that for an answer. She's like, my baby is perfect. Yeah. She was convinced that it was D&D that had caused her son to take his own life. Okay. But basically everyone, everyone in this case was like, sorry, he was just depressed mm-hmm. and felt alienated and it's not the case. But um, she wouldn't take that for an answer? Right. And even and a classmate of his, Victoria. That's gotta be, I mean. It's gotta be devastating. A really horrible situation and of course- you would want to cast for any reason that was outside of your home and his own experience. Right. Anything to explain that you that. could, yeah, yeah. could so have done. My, you know, sympathy completely lies with her well, in that. We'll get there. A classmate of his, Victoria Rocker Charlie, would be quoted saying, quote, he had a lot of problems anyway that weren't associated with the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, it really was a slam dunk that, like, the game had nothing to do with it. Well, no, no. I don't believe that the game had anything to do with it. All I'm saying is that I could understand a mother right. wanting to wish some other outside reason was the cause of it. Exactly. And Patricia basically would not stop banging that drum. Yeah, She's sure. like... Well, that's when you get, you know, you start to lose a little bit of the... Uh, the sympathy vote when you just like won't recognize facts. Right. Really. So she's banging it. She's like, D and D has got to go. D and D has got to go. Sure. Basically, she was mad that he played it and that it was a game with the devil, and that was like unacceptable. Is the devil present in the game? In the original game, yes. <gasps> yes. So people were inviting the devil into their own homes. Well, mm-hmm. they were killing the devil in the game. Okay. Apparently, Irving was involved with a D&D game run by the principal of the school. Really? Which makes sense when you think about it. The game is a very social game requiring human interaction with others to make it work. Right. Demons. 
human interaction with demons. No, sure. with other humans. In order to make it work on a supernatural and level. If you think about the, your soul the, to the, devil. the principle of basically trying to get outcasts to be more social, etc. Like, they're like bringing people together. No, it's not okay. Not, it's just not okay for a principal to socialize with students, ever. What? Not okay. Even in school hours? And, like, what about a guidance counselor? Um, like, they're trying to do an outreach program. They're not program. socializing. They have, like, business to t- take care of. Like, your attitude, <laughs> your attitude test says that you should never go to college. I had you lunch know? with my guidance counselor a lot with uh-huh. a group of guys. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. you didn't have any friends. I had friends. <laughs> <laughs> was anyway, your guidance this... counselor made a paper? No. <laughs> No, the principal was great, and he was trying to make friends for these people who didn't have friends. Okay. Anyway, Patricia was like, <laughs> Patricia was like, "Fuck you, principal! You made him play Dungeons and Dragons, and then oh. in the game you put a curse on my son's character, and as a result, you put a curse on my actual son, and you caused the death of my son." That happened. That happened. She made that accusation, so she right. sued him. All right, I've lost. She's lost my sympathy. So now she then also sued the company that made the game, TSR Inc. Yeah. Both cases would be thrown out by the judge. Okay, good. So the judge was like, no, you can't curse someone. It's yeah, a game. No. 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 But she was The judge had been cursed. <laughs> she was going to end D&D once and for all. Spoilers. No, she didn't. Right? did not no, end D&D once and for all. still happens, so. However, she did form the group called Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons, or Bad with two D's for wow. short. Wow. In 1983. That's to fight clever. Them, yeah, to fight them tooth and nail. She was like, you're going to lose. Yeah. I, I invented like, bad. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Just You know what Mothers Against Drunk Driving did? I'm going to do, do that. worse. I'm going to do that times ten. That's right. Yeah. All they're doing is driving drunk. We're inviting the devil into our home. Yeah. <laughs> it's way worse. So, I just, I love, uh, it's a good acronym, yeah. but bothered bothers me. It's not quite it's not enough. Bothered. It's, it's, no, bothered about Dungeons and Dragons is what you're saying, No, right? I know, but you're not bothered by it. No. You're enraged. Exactly. That's so my point. It it's like, like, doesn't yeah, seem strong enough. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, we're talking about demonic possession here. Yeah. That's bothersome. <laughs> I think Mad already was taken, so she couldn't do Mothers Against Dungeons and Dragons. No, she could not. But she could have done madad. What? With an M-A-D-A-D. Mothers um, Against Dungeons and Dragons. I think we should do madder. <laughs> mothers Against Dungeons and Dragons. Eradicating role-player games. Oh, okay. Well, she could have used your help. She could have. She could have. I'm nothing if not good at acronyms. She also could have used a therapist. Mm. Um the group's purpose was to expose the game for the nightmare that it obviously was. Sure. She would go around from area to area and news source to news source claiming that D&D was, quote, a fantasy role-playing game which uses demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex perversion, homosexuality, prostitution, satanic-type rituals, gambling, barbarism, cannibalism, sadism, desecration, Demon summoning, necromantics, divination, and other teachings. Holy fuck. And now I want to play it even more. I know. I'm like, I want to have my characters go into like a dungeon and then be like, where's all the butt sex? That is the greatest list I've ever heard. We have to copy and paste that into the show notes. We need it. That's the greatest. You have to email that to me because that is the greatest thing I've ever heard. This is like my, these are like life goals. Life goal. That's my bucket list. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
So people would counter her with facts. Okay. Which she did not like. No. Um, nobody does. One person, uh, Michael A. Stackpole, uh, provided. <laughs> yeah, uh, names are on point in this episode. I know. Yes. The names are just winning. Stackpole. Uh, he provided facts that the suicide rate of people who played games often, such mm-hmm. as gamers, mm-hmm. was lower than that of people who chose to not play games with other humans, uh-huh. such as sad people. <laughs> so. <laughs> but We uh, took this group of gamers, and we took this group of sad people, <laughs> and we, we just watched them to see who killed themselves more often. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like terrible. Were the gamers actively involved in like not? Were they not allowed to invite the sad people? <laughs> the sad people were like, I wish you'd invite me, it's but I really guess I have to be study. sad now. Oh. <laughs> so, Patricia would not have it, right? Like, okay. fuck the facts, right? Sure. She would then go on to 60 Minutes alongside Gary Gygax mm-hmm. in 1985, which was also a really good year. To mm-hmm. make her case that the game was awful and had to go. Mm-hmm. All it did was promote the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it. Well, no, like, all press is... Good press. Yeah. Bad would eventually die... Like, did you hear about this kid that was just born, though? Talk about WizKid. WizKid. So, Bad would eventually die off in 1997 when Patricia would die. Too bad. So, the organization kind of fell off when mm-hmm. she felt... She was the only thing keeping it around. Right. And Everyone else was just, just bothered to be clear, a yeah. little bit. So the next big scandal mm-hmm. to hit to really hit TSR Inc. I think it was a problem with the name Dungeons honestly. and Dragons. No, no, bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone else, you just can't gin up enough enthusiasm yeah, for that like, acronym. Oh, I'm kind of bothered, yeah. but you know what? But who can be bothered? Yeah, who can be bothered to yeah. be bothered? Exactly. You know, <laughs> yesterday I went out to the store and I was kind of bothered, but then I was like, "But I'm out in the store. How fun!" <laughs> so I bought a Dungeons and Dragons. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's the, really the the illustrations are really quite something. There's they are very anatomically correct. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so the next big scandal to really hit TSR Inc. and Dungeons and Dragons would be in 1988. Okay, when Chris Pritchard would either hire a killer or would kill his stepdad himself. That was unclear to me. I was looking up all this research, and I couldn't quite figure out if he hired someone or if he did it. Maybe he <clears throat> leased himself out. He loaned himself out as a corporation to do the oh. hit. So he both hired a person, and he was the killer because he hired himself for tax purposes. What? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Then he could <sighs> deduct it. <laughs> Mind blown. And then he could deduct it. <laughs> Like Felicity well, Huffman with well, her uh, tax uh, deducted. Completely like that, bribe. yeah. But then, then he could deduct like the rope expenses and the knife. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the reason <laughs> they're business related. The reason he wanted to kill his stepfather, mm-hmm. Leith von Stein, wow. was that Leith von Stein had two million dollars that Chris wanted. Okay. And Chris did not get along with Leith von Stein. And wanted that money. Okay. So anyway, a masked man came in and knifed and beat the shit out of the stepfather until he died. Whoa. Uh, and left his mother, Bonnie, almost dead. I'm not sure if she ended up dying or didn't. It was really unclear. It's... I was looking up a lot of research, and it just wasn't coming through. Okay. It's really so brutal and horrible. The mom might be alive. The dad's definitely dead. Okay. Later, the cops found that Chris was really heavily into drugs and drinking. 
And Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what really mm-hmm. caught their attention mm-hmm. was the fact that he was a D&D player. I knew it. I you knew see, it. the reason that they were so interested in this, though, is that one of the games that he was playing with his dungeon buddies showed the Leith von Stein and Bonnie household kind of map for the dungeon. Oh, okay. So basically they were like fighting in the house and so then it became kind of clear that his friends, the two friends he played with, Neil Henderson and James Upchurch, were forming a plan to do this. You're, shit- you're shitting me. They were involved? They were involved. Oh. Upchurch was a dungeon master. So wait a minute. This one actually does have to do with Dungeons & Dragons. This was a like little, a murder around Dungeons & Dragons. A little bit. But they, they, like, they weren't playing the game. They were using the game as a way to like try to get around it. Okay, but they kind of used the game to conceptualize what it would be like to track these people and kill them. Right. So, anyway, Upchurch was the mastermind behind it, right? Sure. He and was... he is still serving a life sentence. That's but good. both Chris and James are out and have been paroled. Okay. So... They're both level seven assholes. <laughs> You've leveled up. <laughs> so, murderous shithead achievement unlocked. Cool. Um, this story, this murder, mm-hmm. would lead to books being written by true crime authors Joe McGinnis and Jerry Bledsoe. Both of their individual books really focused on the D and D angle of how this murder came to be. And then when their books would be made into TV movies and a miniseries, mm-hmm. the episodics focused on the D&D and claimed that the game itself was what inspired the men to commit murder. So they, they fall on... Than, I see. So they sort of ascribed the responsibility to the game. Rather like than getting the into million, the heads yeah. into... Except, like, instead of they use the game to conceptualize what they already wanted to do. Exactly. And and the, the thing is... Wait, the, what? Hollywood skewed a story? Right. So, you know, you've got this guy. I'm looking at you, Tom Hanks. You've got Chris, who's Mm -hmm. basically like, I hate this guy, and he's got a lot of money. And then his friends are like, what if we got rid of him, and then you had the money? And then the the authors are like, I'm pretty sure it was D&D. So after this incident, though, Mm -hmm. TSR Inc., the company that made D&D, decided we got to go on the offensive. We got to battle the idea that the game was satanic. We got (laughs) to We have to murder everyone. (laughs) Listen... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just got off the phone with the uh, overlord and uh, <laughs> it's it was time. the dark prince. And uh, yeah, we have to go on the offensive. <laughs> but for us, that means, you know, a lot of death. <laughs> Bring in the virgins. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hump day. <laughs> <laughs> so basically they decided to remove all the demons and devils out of the next edition altogether in 1989. Oh, okay. They're like, you don't need the demons to play the game. No, it's you've not got about dragons, that. you've yeah. got dungeons. Yeah. What else? There's whips and Elves? chains and sure. a, a different kind of dungeon. All the BDSM uh, stuff you could everything. possibly need. A ball yeah. gag. You, yeah, you don't need the devil to have a ball gag. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> you too can have a safe word <laughs> without Satan. <laughs> How will I pick? <laughs> my safe word is we're murdering my parents. <laughs> Can you imagine? We're murdering my parents. We're murdering my parents. Oh, oh! Wait, 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 oh I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm unsure about what to do now. <laughs> is that a go or is that a stop? I, we need a different safe word. <laughs> All right. So they were basically like, we don't need this anymore. We don't need this bad publicity. Let's just make the game fun where people can stop accusing us of whipped crash. They're like, we just want to live our lives. Yeah. Right. 
So later on, after the whole Satan panic would kind of die out mostly, mm-hmm. uh, they would add demons back into the <gasps> game. You sons um, of bitches. But they would label those games as basically for mature audiences only. Okay. Just because they're like, we're tired of this, so, you know, this version, if there's demons sure. in it, only. If you're immature, like, if you're going to use this as some kind of excuse to murder your parents, okay, you need to buy the Safe for Work edition. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway, so, and I'm sure you guessed, mm-hmm. removing right. satanic characters and rituals from their game did not cause the Christian community to calm down about everything. What I have learned uh, in my time here on Earth is that nothing Calms down. makes the Christians calm down <laughs> about anything. Once they're enraged. Yeah. In fact, in 1989, mm-hmm. a man named William Snowbellin... Amazing again. I know. Everyone thinks. I mean, I don't know how you found a story that only has people with awesome names in it. <laughs> well, it's all nerds. There's not a single, like, Lois Johnson in this one. No. I like that. Uh... So William Snowbellin <laughs> would write an article named, quote, Straight Talk on Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Basi- I already hate it. Basically, he was encouraging others to not play D&D because it was obviously evil and would send them to hell. Obviously. In the article, he would claim that D&D was, quote, a feeding program for occultism and witchcraft. Nom, nom, nom. Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> violates the commandment of, quote, abstain from all appearances of evil. Well, I mean, he's got a point. Sort of, except if this person eats shellfish and fucking touches a football, then I don't want him to be given any sort of shit about what we're supposed to do or not do. Very true. If he's wearing poly cotton blends... Yes, I saw that episode of West Wing, too. Then he can suck <laughs> my... Well, no, I don't want him to suck my dick. It's weird. No, that would appear evil. Yeah. So he would never. He also... <laughs> <laughs> he also claimed that the game celebrated Adolf Hitler. Hello. What? Right? Uh, if that wasn't enough. <laughs> also, it loves Hitler. Wait. <laughs> Hold on. They keep saying, Hail Satan and Hail Hitler. <laughs> what the hell? I love it. Where did yeah. that come from? So, if that wasn't like, enough. such a trump card. Yeah, I know. They love Hitler. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's like not winning anyone, and that's his, he plays that, and finally people are like, oh, oh, they love oh, Hitler. God. Well, that's oh, no. not good. Hitler, well, no, Hitler's can't bad. Have my oh, children no. playing. That. Mumble, mumble, bad, bad. <laughs> if that wasn't enough, he wrote that all the spells in the books used to play D and D and teach mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. were real. They're real, yeah, and could real. actually cause evil spirits to come and haunt you, yeah. and would produce bad things upon Earth. Well, sure. How did he know this? I, this all seems like common, you know, sense to me. Are you ready for this? Yeah. He would admit to the fact that he used to be both a Wiccan and Satanic priest. Well, then he would know. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. This is a guy who's, like, scared straight. Yeah. <laughs> he basically found God He's after... He's an ex-Wiccan. Yeah. Sure. And he abandoned the fuck out of his other religions. Okay. And then decided to help others turn away from them as well to help them find God. He's okay. like... So, the guy lost all credibility to me. When, well, ever, but also <laughs> Wiccan and Satanism are not the same thing. Exactly. And so the fact that the, the, now that he's on his third religion in his life yeah. does not make him a reference yeah. that you should go to, <laughs> like, for religious instruction. All right. He's had three of them. Or maybe he's the perfect guy. Yeah. Like, look, I've learned all about him. This really restrictive, horrible one. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
The article would be published by Chick Publications, which is an evangelical publisher that published God booklets and the such. Well, that's ironic. I know, Chick. I think it means like you're a chick, like you're a, a little chick of God. or mm-hmm. I think it's a lamb of God, so I don't understand why it's a chick. Anyway. I don't know. They were misogynistic and evangelical, apparently. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with it was probably someone's last name. Oh, okay. Maybe it's someone chick. They also published a comic called Dark Dungeons, what? where it would show D&D players using spells in real life on their parents and such. Well, that's, I mean, that's more of a documentary than a comic book, but sure. <laughs> so his first article got him a lot of mail from both sides of the argument. And so in 2001, he decided that he was going to write a follow-up article called, quote, Should a Christian Play Dungeons and Dragons? <sighs> Let me guess. No. Okay, the article is one of the longest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at it. When really you could go with no. Yeah. Yeah. And he legitimately, like, puts these bullet points as to, like, here's what people are saying to me. The first couple, he's like, I'm not going to even address the one that says I'm an idiot and don't know anything because that's a personal attack and that's not a a constructive debate. And I'm just like, why do you even put it on the article in the first place? You just addressed it, but cool. But in the article, he would It's not even worth talking about, but... Just so you know, that's a petty attack. Um, So in the article, he would go on to talk about all the pitfalls involved with the game to try and reach the Christians who wrote him asking him to clarify how a game could spoil them from heaven and such, right? And the greatest pitfall of all, hell. Yes. He would write, quote, Being exposed to all these ideas of magic to the degree that the game requires cannot but help have a significant impact on the minds of its players. Jesus. Right? Mm-hmm. He, no, uh, I'm asking Jesus to help. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, my son? Whoa. Well, you came quickly. He does. Uh, I, thought, I thought Jesus had more staying power, but cool. <laughs> He's got a lot of people to be with. (laughs) So, all right. He would blame the fact that D&D existed as to the reason why there are so many books on Wicca now. Basically, he's like... He wrote several of them. I know. Fuck you. He's like, I'm not going to give Dungeons & Dragons all the blame because Harry Potter exists and big movies also exist that talk about the devil. Okay. But mostly Dungeons & Dragons. And he's like, yeah... And so he's, he's basically like, these things, Harry Potter, Dungeons and Dragons, that's, they're causing an upswing in witchcraft and evil. His <laughs> article then goes on to talk about each point that the people defending D&D go on to argue. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is that while he admits that the game has gotten more PC, getting rid of the dungeon, the devils and the demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the dungeons and the dragons. Yeah. It's still not good enough, according to him. No, nothing is probably good enough, according to him. So, a quote from the article, Should a Christian Play Dungeons and Dragons? Quote, Perhaps D&D has gotten more politically correct over the years. No more naked girls strapped to demonic altars, etc. (laughs) Perhaps Hitler and rape are no longer praised. That is good. But it still does not address the fundamental problems of D&D and its ilk. And I'm like, what? And now here is a quote to clean your palate from How to Train Your Dragon. Toothless! Okay. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) He then goes on to compare the game to Russian Roulette, basically, and and how that is, quote, only a game. But he's like, Russian Roulette... Nobody thinks that's an actual game. Well, well, he does. is a game, okay? That's not a game. So, I really wish I could go into the whole article. I don't, They're not playing it at tables in Vegas. It's not a game. We don't have Can you imagine Russian roulette table? Like, the roulette's next to the roulette table? Yeah. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm putting all my money on red. Oof. That was brutal. Mm-hmm. So, I really wish I could go into the whole article, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't have enough time in our lives for that. Great. So, we're going to move on. Good. He later, in 2006, would claim that he knew that all the rituals were real because the game's creators came to him when he in was... A dream. When he was still practicing Satan Wicca Oh, give stuff. me a break. And oh, something I forgot to mention uh, back when I was writing about this a lot. Yes. Uh, I actually uh, know these guys. Um, I was their teacher, uh... Uh, I was their satanic priest, uh, and um, yeah, they asked me for advice all the time. Yeah, basically, you got it pretty right. He basically they claimed that they came to ask him if the spells were correct, so this they is could such put him bullshit. In the- like, like, like he didn't mention that before when he was writing the he eighteen, yeah. you know, volume long tract on it should a Christian play yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Like yeah. he didn't mention it. He was like, "Oh yeah, by the way." I help them do magic. Jesus Christ. So you're so it's your fault is what you're saying. Yeah. Like that's so ridiculous on its face because if that had been any part of his experience, then he would have been doing all of this to atone for that behavior exactly. and therefore would not have forgotten to mention it. Exactly. So fuck this guy. Exactly. I'm done with him. All right. So we're going to move on from him. Good. Cuz I'm done with him. In. I have ripped him a new one. And then I goosed it. Oh, God. So, because of all the controversies over the years about the game causing more suicides Mm -hmm. and such, many big organizations, such as the American Association of Suicidology, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and Health and Welfare Canada, ran tests and studies about if this was true. God. All of them found that people who play games have more social interaction and are more likely to feel connected to others. Yeah. Suicide often comes with feeling alienated and alone. Right. So they basically proved that playing games keeps you from killing yourself. Mm-hmm. Another they, thing... They, they, you Wait, they used science and they didn't use the Bible, a book that was written millennia ago and, and is far more obsessed with demons than Dungeons and Dragons ever has been? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah. Another thing that ended up calming people down about the idea that people playing D&D were Satanists would be that um, they grew up. And now they're in a workforce, and they're good people, just as they were good people when they were growing up and playing the game. Sure, and a lot of people are still playing it. Right, and people... And are still not demons. Right. Or, or possessed by demons. Well, or, like, living in the neighborhood of demons. And they're not hiding in steam pipes. Exactly. And they're not killing their step-parents. Well, and people will always find something to toss blame onto if they can, sure. when something like this happens. I choose the Christians. <laughs> and, uh, like, people to this day claim that violent video games have caused more crimes to be committed by kids, mm-hmm. when, in fact, the number has gone down. Well, there you go. And so, yeah. Facts. You and your facts. I love facts. Why? Facts are sexy. You. I like when facts just spill mm. all over my body. Ugh. Hit me with your facts. Wow. Slap your facts on my face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what a big fact. <laughs> that fact's going so deep into my soul. That fact is so juicy and thick. <laughs> when you fact me, I can't sit right for a week. <laughs> Did I break you? <laughs> Broken. <laughs> and that's a fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the bright side to the Satan panic of D&D? Hey, we made it. We well, we we debunked it. That's good. We did debunk it. Mm-hmm. So I came up with one that I am really proud of. 
Great. Are you ready for it? Yeah, no, lay it on me. First, the Satan panic and the bad publicity for D&D caused D&D to take center stage, and basically a lot of people found it. And, oh, yeah. And what we now know about people who play games and have social communities are less likely to kill themselves. There's countless people who were nerdy back then who didn't have a community, who found a community, and thus probably it saved their lives. Huh. So, in so a, D&D probably saved lives, rather than being this avenue of some crap demon possession or whatever. Right. But the Satan panic led to the promotion of D&D, which led to the life saving. So in a weird way, the Satan panic... You know what? That is a perfect bright side. Absolutely. Because, like, these people lost their minds about something that made no sense. Right. And, and if they hadn't mentioned it, it would have just faded away. Exactly. It would have been much less of a thing and less known. So the negative attention actually got people who were maybe on the fringes anyway, in a certain way, this, or way, this way or that way, to bond more over that one thing. So it created a community around this thing. Uh, and part, I'm, I'm sure, like, for some people, like, the idea of it being satanic or being perceived as such was a way to, like, like juggalos. I'm not saying they're the same. But, like, part of what they love is that they are they're despised, yeah. you know, like, by a lot of people, right? So part of what they bond over is how they are fringe. Right. And so people who are already on the fringe and in dangerous situations, like, who could really uh, untether from society, were probably brought into more of a community because of that kind of thing. And so, yeah, that's a perfect bright side. Yeah. And, it, you know, yes... There were a handful of people that did die surrounding the game, but if you think about it, how many people have died surrounding cars? How many people have died surrounding the the automobiles or the, or the eighties band? What? The eighty the car cars the band? There's a band called Cars. Yeah. What? There's an eighties band called Cars. What song that, did they? I had sing? a whole joke about then. Oh no! Here, do you want to go do it? No. Oh. So it's just about cars. So. Many people die on the road. <laughs> you don't know that ga- that in Cars, they had that song actually called Cars, but it's fine. What? <sighs> I guess is... we just learned who puts on the 80s cardio when they're at the gym and who doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is a magical moment for me. Oh, I'm excited for I'm you. Excited. Sorry, it's after your time. I was born in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I know the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I know Ace of Base. You know, ugh. They're in the 90s. They're in the 90s? <sighs> Just move on. Okay. Uh, you, there's about to be one person who who's dead around podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the other thing is that this game helps people learn how to communicate and imagine more brightly. And it also probably helped create a ton of art that we have out there because it inspired yeah. a young generation to think imaginatively and freely. So totally. again, the Satan panic leading people to this. Yeah, has possibly inspired an art boom. All those illustrations of women that are uh, that are naked and laid out on on uh, to be sacrificed on satanic uh, altars, very never ex- would have happened. X-rated, maybe not those people. Well, those are still art. Hey, it's, it's just... don't knock my free expression, okay? <laughs> the other thing is that it created a ton of film work. There were a lot of for movies. Tom Hanks, especially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically launched Tom Hanks' career. <laughs> Until this happened, nobody knew who he was. <laughs> I love that. That's the best bright side of them all. It Thanks, gave us, Satan. Yeah, it you gave us Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks to the top. Thank you. <laughs> so so Satan is responsible for Tom Hanks' career. Yeah. Well, I, I knew it had to be something. <laughs> oh. 
He's a good actor. I fucking love Tom Hanks. Give me a break. He's all our dad. I know. He's wonderful. Hi, dad. Well, this is terrific. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any more than that because I think those are terrific ones. This is, it was wild though, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you wrote this while tired. I, I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for bringing this to uh, my attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, I know about Dungeons and Dragons, and and actually having heard this, I'm even more jealous of the people who really know how to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm... that it passed me by entirely. Thanks everybody who listened this week and continues to listen. Please rate and review as you have been doing. Thank you. Tell all your friends and family that they are missing out. <laughs> they too could learn about the Satan Panic if only they were listening. Yeah. And, you know, they're not, so... Which is uncomfortable. That's their loss, really. Yeah. So, since they're not listening, let me say to your friends and family of all our listeners, fuck you. <laughs> this was a really uncomfortable conversation, but I'm glad we had it. Yeah, me too. It was needed. It was constructive. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important. Uh, thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful... <laughs> have a wonderful week. Aaron Gobra. Potatoes. Bye. Bye. Hey, do you want to go play some D&D? <laughs> yeah. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at BrightSideKNJ, and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.TheBrightSideWithKevinAndJason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the Bright, bright Side! side.